thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Anyway, I'm pretty proud of them. But the, the things they've developed that I can see of me, Joel's sense of humour, he would deny it because he thinks I'm not funny, but actually we can often think the same things at the same time. And so he's developed that character trait. You know, I wasn't content with just him coming up to me telling me a joke. I'd say, go away and try better, you know. Go away. It's got to be funny. You know, not knock not who's there. No, no, no. Come up with something funny. Now he's funnier than me. So that's, that's not difficult, he would say. <laughs> the other thing I noticed is Corey has done some videos for his workplace recently. And in those videos, he's very, very expressive and animated. And he uses his hands an awful lot. And I think I probably have got some responsibility for that, and I can't keep my hands still sometimes when I'm talking. So they have developed things because they've seen it, they've lived around me, and actually, that's one of those things. I grew up in a home that was very open, and people would drop in all the time, and I see that character trait in our house as well. But what parts of my character would I not want them to copy? There's a tougher question. Which parts of our character would we not want somebody else growing up and developing? But that is why character is so important, as it is often the main thing that is seen by those closest to us. It is the main thing that is developed, and often we cannot hide it, and we often learn because of the actions around us rather than the words. It is both but we often learn from those actions. So today, as we look at this passage, we see the contrast in Samuel, the very young child, with Eli, the priest's sons. Eli was the priest that sort of basically accused Hannah of being drunk. So we see the contrast between Samuel and Eli's very own sons, growing up in the same circumstances, but with very different character strengths and weaknesses. We're going to read from the beginning. 1 Samuel, chapter 2. And we'll pause occasionally, starting at verse 11. Then Alkanah, that's Samuel's dad, went home to Ramah. But the boy, that's Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. I'm just going to stop there because this is the beginning of Samuel's journey. The boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. Notice the progression. It's before God first and foremost, and then it's under the priest. So Samuel's first port of call, just like his mum Hannah, was God. The word that's translated minister in this verse isn't the normal word for a servant serving a master. It's the word used for personal service to a person of high importance. So it's not just a servant to a master, it's a personal service to a person of high importance. Samuel personally served the Lord God. Wow. 
He was only young at this point, probably only about four years old here. And he is already serving the Lord. You know, we might be quite content if our children of that age used the toilet properly. I'd be quite happy if some 16-year-olds used the toilet properly. But I know Chloe would. But we might be happy if they can use the loo. We might be happy if they go to bed at a certain time. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. Wow. What was instilled in him by his mum and dad, his character, but also because they served God and they dedicated themselves and him to the Lord themselves. So why is Samuel like he is? Because he's seen it in action. He's seen dedication in action. However, with God, all things are possible no matter what the circumstances, as we will see. Just because you've not grown up in that environment, just because you've been affected by diversity or, or distress, or because you've been affected by ungodly places, doesn't mean to say God can't transform you and change you. But verse 12 says this, Eli's sons were scoundrels. That's an interesting word, isn't it? It's a little bit light. Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Eli's sons, the sons of the priest, the ones who had spent their life in the temple, had no regard for the Lord. The phrase scoundrels is sometimes translated wicked men. And in this verse... It's a Hebrew phrase that means the sons of Belial, which is a, a pagan god. It literally means worthless, that name. The sons of worthlessness. That's a harsh insult, isn't it? That's what Eli's sons were called, effectively. The sons of Belial. That's what they're called in this passage by the writer. It's often used to describe wicked men. And Hannah, in chapter 1, used the same word when she was accused of being drunk. When Eli saw her praying in those wordless groans, Hannah said this. She said, do not take your servant for a daughter of Belial. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. Do not take your servant as somebody who is worthless. So Eli, the priest, accuses Hannah, the faithful mum, praying for a son that she wants from God, relying and depending on God. Eli accuses her of being worthless or wicked yet allows his own sons to get away with being scoundrels. That's quite sobering, isn't it? Eli sees in one thing but turns a blind eye to the other. You know, the circumstances that Samuel was left to grow in by Hannah were not good on a human scale. But he had enough time with a godly mum and dad that his first focus and call was to God, even at a really young age. Now, you might not have that godly mum and dad. You might think it's too late for me. But you know what? There are people in this room who would love to be a spiritual godly mum or a spiritual godly dad. And actually, you can invest in that. I know there are people who are desperate, chasing mentors, chasing people who will speak into their lives. And you can have that godly mum or dad. But he'd spent enough time with Hannah and Alkanah that his first focus, just like Hannah's was, was to God, even at a young age. What does that tell you about his, his, his tutelage? What does that tell you about how he was brought up? As we go through this passage, there are three contrasts of character 
between Samuel, the very young boy, who's been left in this godless temple, which should have been godly, and Eli's children, the sons who were meant to be serving the Lord. Verse 13 to verse 17 says this. Now it was the practice of the priests that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot and whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, that was specifically for God, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, just raw. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. This sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. So the first contrast we see between Samuel, this four-year-old child, and these older sons of Eli is faithfulness versus unfaithfulness, even in God's house. Faithfulness versus unfaithful service. Samuel ministered before the Lord. He's only a young child. He's already involved in faithful service. Hannah, as she's weaned him and kept him home, has probably been pouring into him faithfulness, prayer, godly reading, studying God, and bringing him into God's presence daily. Her first port of call in difficulty, as we saw last week, was to prayer. So Samuel first serves God, as we've said, faithfulness, faithfulness. Contrast that with Eli's sons. They are going for lucky dip dinners. They stick a fork in before the meat's boiled. You know when you, when you cook meat? I, we've been out to Uganda, and sometimes, you know, the way they cook food, you guys in Nigeria, I've been taught to make jollof rice and, and fried rice, obviously not as good as some of you can, but the one thing is, when you boil that chicken and you then cook it, it, it falls off the bone, yeah? Yeah, it's tasty. But these guys were sticking the fork in before it was done, so they got more. They were cheating the people. They were cheating the people of what they could take away. So they'd started this process of dipping into the meat and taking whatever size or cut of meat comes their way. It's only recorded that it's happening at Shiloh where Eli's sons were. It's only happening in the presence of these scoundrels, these people who are wicked. It is totally self-centered, totally self-serving when it was meant to be all about God. Can we relate Sometimes we can be so self-centered. Sometimes we can be so self-focused that we take our eyes off the God who corrects and prods. Last week, um, I was really drawn to a verse. I wasn't going to share this, but I think it's, I think it's really good. Um, the verse in, in the book of Revelation, and it was because of the, the letters to the churches that you may be well aware of. And uh, it's in Revelation chapter 3. And the church at Laodicea, and it says this, verse 19 of chapter 3, the people I love, this is Jesus talking to the church, the people I love, I call to account. I prod and correct and guide so that they will live at their best. 
let's just get our heads around that a moment. The people I love, I'll prod and correct and guide. So when we're prodded, when we're corrected, when we're guided, let's not get defensive. Let's go, God, what are you trying to do in me? It would have been good for Eli's sons to have been prodded, corrected, and guided a little bit more. Samuel clearly was. So this practice of sticking a fork in and pulling it out, this cheated the people. It'd be a bit like if all the Gregs arrived on Saturday night for the meal, which is supposed to go to help people who perhaps might be struggling to supplement what they're having on a weekly basis, and Roz takes it into the back room and gets all the caramel donuts out first. <laughs> not that she can eat them, and I'm obviously not eating them. She can get all the caramel donuts out first, then she can get the uh, sausage and bean melts, so that all you're left with is the vegan stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Tabby loves it, but hey, most of us will be going, mm, I'd rather eat cardboard, but anyway. <laughs> if you've not tried one, be my guest, but they're a bit dry. Would you not agree? You've no point of comparison. Well, maybe you need to try the other. <laughs> Live life in freedom. Anyway, okay. But it would be a bit like that. That's what they were doing here. They were cheating the people out of the best of the meat that they could take away afterwards. They were cheating the people. But not only that, they went further. They went and took what was God's. Because the fat was supposed to be burnt before God as an offering. And so they started saying, no, 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 no. We just want the raw meat, please. Because everybody knows the fat's the best bit. <laughs> they wanted the best for themselves. That would be a bit like Paul and Tim taking the collection upstairs afterwards and keeping all the notes. And saying, well, all the coins can go in the collection. We'll keep all the notes. They don't do that, can I just say? <laughs> that is not uh, how this works, okay? Very trustworthy. But actually, that's the equivalent of what these sons of Eli were doing. They were taking for themselves the best that should have been for God. They were taking for themselves the best that should have been for people. Self-centered, eyes off God. And so you can see the difference in character, yeah? You can totally see the difference in character. These were religious guys. Religious they were serving in the temple, in the house of God. They were serving in the same circumstances, in the tabernacle, sorry, under the same priest, Eli. But sadly, the Lord was not their number one priority. And also, they were sinking into violent threats. Not only were they taking it, that would be like going around with the collection and going, oi, in here now. <laughs> yeah? That's, that's, sorry, Sam. <laughs> Could see the genuine fear on your face. I'm not scared. If it was Ross, I'd be scared. But. So actually, that's, that's the equivalent. That's what they were doing in God's house. Can you imagine? People wouldn't want to go. People wouldn't want to worship God because they were being cheated and God was being cheated. They were denying God what was rightly his. Is one of our character traits faithfulness to God and to those he asks us to serve? Samuel's was. Samuel was faithful to the God he was left with, even though he was a child, even though he was in circumstances that were going all over the place. He was faithful to the God that he had seen in action with his family. Are we all about ourselves? Do you know, a lot of society has become self-service, hasn't it? From Tesco, self-service. Robots will never take over the world because you can't even get those to work properly. 
from Tesco self-services to buffets. It's self-service because it's easier if you serve yourself. Do you know we were not put on this planet to serve ourselves? We were put on this planet to serve a master who loves us, to serve one who is in a position of respect, responsibility, authority, and who is over all and sovereign. We were put on this planet to have personal service to the King of Kings. That is what was going wrong. You know, even churches since the pandemic, if you read any studies on statistics, churches have lost volunteers. They've seen a drop in volunteers. They were blessed with so many beforehand, and then all of a sudden, everybody quite liked sitting in their pajamas watching the telly with donuts. And actually, that's not what church was ever about. It was to serve the King of Kings, to be in personal service, to be in personal relationship. So faithfulness reflects God's character. Can I just say that we're blessed with many. Yesterday wouldn't have happened without faithful volunteers. The things that run every week wouldn't happen without faithful volunteers. But can I just say, if you're not already volunteering in some way, maybe start. Maybe start, because you're here for personal service to the king. Okay? So first character trait, faithfulness versus unfaithfulness. Then it goes on. Verse 18, but, but Samuel was ministering before the Lord. Again, it keeps coming up. Samuel was ministering before the Lord. A boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife saying, may the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Constantly comes back to that. Grew up in the presence of the Lord. That is available to us today. Yeah? That's exciting. Some of you, you know, need to get on this. <laughs> grew up in the presence of the Lord. Matured even as a child. He grew up. Why? Because he had all these books to read by child experts? No. Because actually he went to the best school? No. Because he went to the best people? No. Because he went to God. And he grew up in the presence of the Lord. You know, we're really proud of, of our kids and what they've achieved. It blows my mind that my daughter is delivering babies. Blows my mind that that little girl is still my little girl, but she knows things that I haven't got a clue about. And I'm quite glad. But you know, the most thing I'm proud of with my kids is the way they look to God. You know, the way they faithfully serve. I don't care what job they do. My most biggest priority is that they serve the Lord. And that it will do me fine. That will do me fine. But Samuel ministered. The contrast grew up in the presence of the Lord. You know, his mum brought him this ephod, this linen ephod. That was the priestly garment. My mum bought once when she had for when she had grandchildren she bought a knitted crocheted soldier suit okay now i can't find a picture of this anywhere on the internet because it's an abomination okay i think it's got an age restriction you might think it look it was hideous honestly she bought this soldier suit and she offered it first to my sister who had a boy and my sister went no thank you my sister then had another boy and she said i still don't want it mum 
Fashion hasn't changed that much. She then offered it to my brother's son. No, thank you. And then finally we had Joel and we said, no, it could have been so different. <laughs> it was garish. I couldn't imagine what it would be like if it got wet. You'd end up with, it was just, the, honestly, the strangest thing. My, you know, Joel, things could have been very different. You'd never really hear of toddlers getting bullied, but that could have started it. But Samuel's mum brought him a garment of linen, which was a, a, a symbolic thing of holiness and purity. It was a symbolic thing of being part of God's child, part of God's service. It was very significant. It's not just a fancy dress thing, but priestly garments. Linen itself was symbolic and is symbolic throughout the Bible of purity. It talks about linen throughout the tabernacle. It talks about linen in the new heaven. It talks about linen for the priest. It was a priestly, pure garment. And we see the blessing and provision of God for the whole family as Hannah and Alkanah, as they give, as they gave up so much for God, are blessed with so much more. Verse 22. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel. So he's very old. His sons are also very old, and he just hears about all that they're doing. Listen to this. It gets worse. And how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, then God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Things have gone from bad to worse. It's gone from taking a little bit to taking a lot to basically living however they wanted without thought to God. I've got two pictures I want to show you. Um, Chloe gets married in about four weeks, and she thought it would be a really, really good idea. About four weeks before, that's Dave. This is Dave, okay? That's Dave. He smiled for the camera. Dave is about nine years old, okay? We've had him for a while. He's very placid. He's very calm. He does no tricks whatsoever, okay? You're lucky if he comes anywhere, if he just sits, if he lies, he won't do anything. You could tell him to do this, that, and the other. He won't do it, okay? He might sit. Just with you. Yeah, maybe. This is Hazel. Next picture. There we go. Oh, you don't have to live with Hazel. I didn't think Andrex puppies were real until this happened. This dog is 14 weeks old, okay? It's with us for four weeks because Chloe decided just before she gets married, she would like a puppy in her house. I think I'm not going to get grandchildren. I'm just going to get goats and sheep and horses and dogs, okay? And actually, that's Hazel. She's 14 weeks old. Already, she sits on command. She lies on command. She gives a paw on command. And actually, she's pretty good. She goes to sleep at night when she has to go to sleep because in the first two weeks of having her, Chloe has intently done things. She's got an app that tells her each day what she should be doing with this dog. I don't know. Maybe she should just not leave it on, on its own with us. That would be good. <laughs> but the difference between these two dogs and the reason... Dave, by the way, did a period Nancy Gowdy's suitcase. I just want to get that out there. 
If you ever read about that in a book, Dave is the guilty one, okay? I don't know what he's got against her, but I have to say that, okay? But he's a pretty good dog other than that, right? <laughs> that will come up in a book somewhere, I'm sure, but anyway. But Dave doesn't need to do tricks because he's learned that he'll get fed anyway, he'll get watered anyway, he'll get to lie around and do what he likes, so he doesn't need to do tricks for anything because he knows he's going to get, he knows he's going to receive. Hazel has been trained from an early age. Don't leave it too late with our children to show them Jesus. If you've got children, don't leave it too late to correct them, to prod them, to point them, to guide them, and to show them the importance of worship. It was great over Christmas when Jamie said, show your children that you worship. You know, Michaeli at six came to live with us, and she used to get in the car and say, can we put that strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord song on? And my lighthouse, she would sing the worship songs because she was around it. Teach our children about Jesus. Show them it in our actions. Show them the importance of meeting together and sometimes persevering through difficulties because that's where faith grows. Don't just tell them about Jesus. Reflect his character. And don't just tell them anything else. Eli's character in chapter one was quite unkind, quite uncaring towards Hannah and her tears. Do you know children see and hear so much that we don't even realize? Children see and hear so much that we don't even realize. They will see our character. If you haven't got children, then actually, you know, you can still be that example of Jesus. You can, you can be an example. You know, Shirley has been one of the shining examples to our children, other than the face paints and other stuff. <laughs> Shirley has been seen. Chloe said the other day, if I have children, I'm taking them to Alice and Hardingham's to make bread. Just warning you, okay? She said, those were the best things I ever did. Make bread with Alison Hardigan. So if you've got children, book in, okay? <laughs> Sorry, Alison. If you've not got children, you just want to do it yourself, book in. It, it is the most amazing bread. But you know, my kids had amazing role models, had people who sowed into them Jesus, who showed them Jesus, who reflected Jesus. And actually, they wouldn't have seen that if they weren't involved in here or involved in God's house. Eli's kids didn't get to see God because of Eli's character. Eli heard what everyone else knows. The sons aren't just sleeping around, but they're sleeping with people in a place where God should be worshipped. They're sleeping with women in a place of purity. If you're a Christian this morning, that place of purity still exists because God lives in you. God lives in you. Don't give yourself cheaply away. Don't use, don't use sexuality in, terms of, in place of love. Love is love because God is love. If you want to know love, know more of God. And actually in your relationships, you'll see more love. Eli tries to have a chat with his kids, but it's too little too late. The sons are too far down a road that leads to disappointment, to destruction. Can you notice the progression through this passage? It starts off taking a bit of food that's not theirs, to taking something that is distinctly God's, to getting violent about it and having then no moral code whatsoever. That is the progression and that is the progression today in our lives. It starts off by just small things and it becomes something huge before we know it. But there's still hope. It starts off with small and we get further and further down the line. Before we know it, we can't stop. And in this situation, Eli's son's hearts were hardened to the voice of God. Don't get hardened to the voice of God. 
If he's saying no, listen. If he's saying turn around, then listen. If he's saying you need to get back to me, then listen. Because there might come a point where you can't. Because your heart will be so hard and your ears will be so closed that you won't. But today, it is not too late to start afresh. To really remember, the Bible tells us we can be new creations. That's you, that's me. We can be new creations. Do we believe that? Yeah. Yeah? We still make mistakes. Parents, make sure you talk with your kids and don't leave it till after the fact. You know, Eli's sons and Eli's family line, the final thing we see is judgment and favor. Eli's sons and Eli's family line get cut out of the priesthood. They get stopped from serving God. It becomes taken away from them. They are judged because a, face, a faithful priest is coming. There's a faithful priest that's promised. That might be Jesus. It might be David. It could be Zadok is one of the, one of the potentials. But Eli's sons know that their line is coming to an end. Why? Because they've stopped fixing their eyes on God. As I finish this morning, Samuel grew in stature and in favour with the Lord and with people. That's the final verse of this chapter. He grew in stature and favour with the Lord and with people. Why? Because character counts. Serve God first. Don't allow the outward circumstances to become the most important factor. Eli's sons were religious. Eli's sons lived amongst God's people, supposedly, but they were carrying out activities from a heart of self and what's in it for me. Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. And so can us. Do you know, I'll finish with two verses from the New Testament because those verses echo to other people. In Luke chapter 1, verse 80, it says this, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Who's that? John the Baptist. What happened to him? He grew in the presence of the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 says this, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Verse 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Can you see the, com the contrast? When we grow in the presence of the Lord, we grow in favor with God and man. Not all men, because not everybody will like it. But if God is with us, who can be against us? If we grow in in favour with God, then the only people that matter are the ones that God shows us. Favour rested on Samuel because he grew in the presence of the Lord. Maybe you say, if only I'd been more aware as a child. If only I'd been brought up in this way. Do you know, today you can be a child of God. We can become more aware of his presence. But don't turn it on and off on a Sunday because character counts seven days a week. Character is what it's about. It counts for us personally, and it will impact on those that are around us. So be faithful, be pure, and find favor in the eyes of God. And in all these things, we will grow. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for the book of Samuel. We thank you for the message it brings and Father, we pray that this morning you will increase in us your presence, that we will get rid of the rubbish. Father God, that we will look at these sons of Eli who just were all about themselves. 
And Father, I pray that in this place this morning, we will see new creation. We will see new life. We will see transformation. Father God, we want to see lives that are set free because of Jesus. So Father God, help us to stop taking our eyes off Jesus and sinking. But help us to keep our eyes fixed on the King. Lift up our eyes to the King of Kings. Mountains bow down as we worship him. Why? Because there is no other name. So in this place, God, bring your change. In Jesus' name, amen.